0: Good morning. Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. This is the same passage we have read for three weeks in a row. Listen to it again. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings, With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning once again, and hi to everybody who's at home watching on on YouTube or on Facebook Live, listening to this as a sermon podcast, and to all of you who are here today in person, at least partially because you like pancakes, great to see you. Welcome today. Today's the third part in our little sermon mini-series where we're focusing again and again and again on this one passage of scripture from uh, the prophet Isaiah chapter 6. In the first week, we heard the way that this little snippet, Isaiah 6, 1 to 8, is a model for us about what worship is like, how we come into God's presence. And then last week, we heard about the way that God is a forgiving God and that we as God's forgiven people are then meant to pass that on and share forgiveness with others, even though it can be so hard. Pastor Erica gave us a teaching about that last week. And then today, for this third part in our sermon series, I want to talk about the 49ers. No, no. Scratch that out. I want to talk about Isaiah 6, as it, and the theme for the day is about calling, having a calling from God. God says, who will go for us and whom shall I send? And Isaiah responds and says, here am I, send me. Isaiah is responding to the call of God in his life. And the question that we want to ask and think about is, how do we hear God's voice in our lives? How do we respond to what God is saying to us, asking of us, how God is directing our lives? A calling is a sense that God has something for you to do, a purpose, a task, a way of living that is uniquely the way you're meant to be, your God-given nature, your God-given calling. A calling from God does not mean simply maybe being a pastor or a missionary. We believe that everybody and anybody who's called to follow Jesus, who's seeking to grow up as as a disciple, who's listening for God's voice, can be given something to do, can be given a calling in your life. In fact, if you're here in church today, as you all are, or listening at home online, I suspect that God is at work in your life right now, drawing you to this place, to hear God's word spoken in a way you can hear. I was talking with my daughter, Abby, this week about um, a friend who had recently gone through a breakup in a relationship, and she was asking why this had happened. And um, I shared with her the idea that, you know, sometimes people are in our lives for a reason or a season or a lifetime. You've heard that before, maybe, when it comes to relationships. A reason or a season or a lifetime. And I wonder if that could be true, that same idea could be true when it comes to a calling. Maybe we have a calling from God for a reason or for a season or for a lifetime. I wonder why... For example, Jesus sent the disciples in the first text we read on that little short-term mission trip. You know, that's what it was. It's a short-term mission experience where they were sent out to bring healing and to proclaim the gospel, the good news, to the people where they went. He sends them out to, um, to have an experience that they haven't had before. I wonder about our high schoolers who are serving pancakes over in the social hall today, the way that their short-term mission trip, just a little um, calling from God to go and serve, will shape them, form them, challenge them, help them to see something that they didn't see before. This can be powerful in our lives, and there's a purpose behind it. There's a reason, even if it's just a one-off, one-time event, short-term. Maybe a chance to see people differently, to experience poverty, to bring help, to realize you don't have all the answers, to be challenged, to be, um, to be pushed. God, uses, God has a reason for us in some things, and maybe there's a season for us where we are asked to do different things at different stages of our lives. Would any of you like to go back in time, if you're older than six, and be a six-year-old again? <laughs> Maybe, because somebody's you know, cutting the corners off of your bread and that sounds good, but maybe not, because someone's telling you where to go, what to do, get up for school, eat your vegetables. As we grow through our lives, we want to do things differently that are appropriate for each stage in our life journey. So in the same way, God uses calling, God speaks to us uh, differently as we go. There's freedom in that, because it means that we are not ever stuck in just one way of living. We're never stuck just in the way it's always been. There's hope for us that a change could be around the corner and that God could lead us into a new season of life. I know some of you are here today seeking a new season in your life. I saw a story recently about Dr. Seuss. Do you remember Dr. Seuss? Yeah. He's Yeah, we've heard of him. Um he wrote that book The Cat in the Hat. Remember him? Oh, there he is. Um, and he, in, the, in the book, The Cat in the Hat, he used 236 different words, right, to write that book. There are 236 words. And his editor uh, challenged him and said, I'll bet, I'll make a bet with you, that you can't write a book that uses only 50 words. 50 words. And so he did. He wrote Green Eggs and Ham using only 50 different words. And it became one of the top-selling bestsellers of all time among children's literature. And the point is this, he disciplined himself to use only 50 words, and the constraint that was put on him actually led to greater creativity and productivity and success. Isn't that interesting? It's like a paradox. A sense of of calling from God is like that. It's particular. There's a limiting factor, and the limiting factor is what brings freedom, So for Dr. Seuss, when he only could use 50 words, it made him get really creative. How can I use these 50 words? When we have a calling from God, it it kind of limits us. It says, how can I live and move and have my being within this sphere? Not everything, not anything, but this thing. For the disciples in Jesus' story, Jesus takes away a lot of the options that they had on their little mission trip. He says that you're going to go and do all these things, but you can't pack bags that are full of all your stuff. You can't rely on your own things. You can't even bring any money as your backup. I mean, who would travel without like a credit card at least? And so they have to learn in this story to travel light and to trust Jesus. They can't just do anything. They have to do this thing. In the Isaiah story, the prophet is called by God to go and speak the words that God gives. He's not sent out to say and do whatever he wants. That's not a calling. That's just like, bleh. He's given the word of God to speak. He's given one thing to do, and he's asked to be faithful to it. And it's in that crucible of discipline to the call he has that he finds freedom. So another way to say it is, in order to say a holy yes, we have to say an essential no. In order to say a holy yes to something, we need an essential no to something else. I wonder if you are going to name, if we're going to name or understand what God calls us to do, if there's an accompanying no, a thing we are not called to do. Say yes to something, got to leave something else behind. Put it down. Leave it alone. Walk away if you have to because you can't do it all. You can't carry it all. Jesus won't let you fit it all in your bag for this journey. So that's part of the calling that we have as we seek to learn what Jesus is saying to us. And I wonder for you today, as you hear this, what's your sense of what God is calling you toward, what God made you to do in this season of your life maybe, and is there a thing you need to leave behind or let go? Thinking about calling, it's important for us to pay attention to our own lives, your own life. What are your, let's just, I'll give you kind of an inventory, you think about this, what are your interests? things that you enjoy, your natural passions, what you're drawn to or good at. We are all given gifts and then asked to use our gifts in a particular way. So what is that for you? What is, what's your natural gifting? Sometimes we want to do everything and do it all, but really we ought to just limit ourselves and say, what am I good at and great at? Let me focus on that a little bit. Let me bring out my best self. Let me try to, um, to, to live fully in the area that I'm really called to. In the Bible, Peter, James, and John, those three were called the pillars of the Jerusalem church. Remember them? Peter, James, and John. Pretty big names in the Bible. And they were called to serve the Jerusalem church. And the church in Jerusalem was made up of all Jewish Christians, right? The first church was all Jewish Christians. And they were great at it, and they were called to it, and that was their ministry. And then along came St. Paul. Remember him? Saul, who became Paul. He had a different calling. His calling was to reach the nations and the Gentiles and the pagans and the non-Jewish people. And so they had to have separate, different, differentiated callings. So we need the wisdom as we discern uh, how God is speaking to know what is God leading me toward, what is my particular gifting, how can I work together with others, and then how are we differentiated? Everyone else's calling doesn't have to be my calling. My thing doesn't have to be everybody else's thing. I have a bad habit. I kind of think my thing should be everyone else's thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever I'm into, I want everyone else to be into, too. Whatever podcast or whatever book or whatever series. And I text my friends, that like, you have to watch this. And they're like, yeah, give me a break. You know? So we have to be careful not to just put our thing onto everybody else. Everyone can be um, self-aware and be differentiated, even as we're called together as a church. There's an author named Kurt Vonnegut, and some of you will know him. He was One time somebody wrote to him in this, um, from, a, from a high school English class asking for advice, and he wrote back, and he gave this advice to high schoolers who were seeking to know what should we do if we want to you know, have a life of purpose and a calling. This is what he said. What I have to say to you will not take long, to wit. Practice any art, music, singing, dancing, acting, drawing, painting, sculpting, poetry, fiction, Essays, reportage, no matter how well or how badly, not to get money and fame, but to experience becoming, to find out what's inside you, to make your soul grow. I really like what he's saying there because he's telling these students not to wait until conditions are perfect. Start right now. Start with what's right in front of you right now. For the disciples in the story, they may have wanted to wait and to prepare properly and to do all of these things before they went on the trip that Jesus was asking them to take or to do the thing that he was calling them to do. And there's nothing wrong with good preparation, but Jesus sees through their delay tactics. And you and I are experts at sort of delaying the things of God. Well, next year we'll probably get to it, maybe next time. But he's calling them to go and gain experience, to learn to trust him and to live with purpose. And we could start now. But, you know, sometimes, just on this topic of calling, it's not really clear um, what we're supposed to do or how it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? We don't know how it will end, so we don't know if we want to get started. We want to follow God and be faithful, but we don't know uh, where it leads. There's a 20th century um, Christian monk. His name was Thomas Merton, and this was a prayer he once prayed. Listen to this. Oh, Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Can you imagine an honest prayer like that? A calling from God could be confusing or unclear or even mysterious. That's probably why we need others to be with us on the journey. Pastor Erica talked about the offering as a way of doing this together. Calling can be that way too. So this is how it works. We don't just say, this is what I think I want to do, this is what I am called to do, but we gain, we seek insight and input from other people around us, trusted people, people in our community, because the community confirms a sense of calling. It helps us develop it, sharpen it, find the best way forward. I'll tell you something from my experience as a pastor. Whenever somebody comes to talk to me about a sense of calling, right, I have conversations like that with people, I pay attention. Pay close attention, because it's not every day that someone walks into the church office or into my life or into anywhere and says, I have a calling from God or I think I have a a thing that God wants me to do. Most of the time, we live normal life, right? Where you're in your regular routines, your regular patterns, you know what you're going to do tomorrow or next week because it's the same thing you were doing yesterday and last week. We live lives like that, don't we? And so it's very unusual for someone to say, I have a feeling something's breaking through. And so I want to pay attention to and honor that. A calling from God can be disruptive. It can invade our lives. It can force us or push us or change us. So here's a paradox that I'm talking about with the sense of calling. And you can apply a calling into any area of your life. You know, you can have a calling in your work, your current work. I'm not saying to you, leave your job and go and do something else. I'm saying in your work right now. That God can disrupt and innovate and bring a, a, a new spirit to you right where you are, so you got to be in something that you enjoy, that you like, that you're good at, that you're natural to, something you keep circling back around. That's a good indicator of where you should be. But sometimes it can be hard, right? Calling can be great and good. It can also be hard. Um, the pastor and author, a Presbyterian pastor and author Eugene Peterson called it a long obedience in the same direction. You've heard it before. A long obedience. In the same direction. That's hard to do. There's a scene in a World War II movie called Fury, and I don't know if you've seen it. Um, It's Shia LeBeouf is in it, and uh, he's a character, and he's on on a Sherman tank in World War II, and um, his nickname in the in the movie is Bible because he's always the one quoting scripture to the other guys. And I really resonate with that. I feel like I might be that kind of character in somebody's movie someday. Um, but So he's on this tank, and they're going into battle against a German battalion that's coming. And they face sort of certain death. They're outnumbered and outgunned and all the rest. And in this scene, his character says this. He's, this is what he says. There's a Bible verse that I think about sometimes, many times. And it goes, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And it's probably easier for us and more comfortable for us not to talk about calling, not to talk about the God who disrupts us and enters our lives in in this way. Because we're not sure if we have courage to listen to what God would say to us in that moment. This gunner on the tank in World War II, is he's expressing something real, He would rather avoid this fight. He would rather be somewhere else else if possible. But he has this sense that God is with him. God is calling him or leading him into this battle, even though he doesn't know how it will end. And I think the same is true for us. As we listen, as I preach, as we seek the courage to say with Isaiah, here am I, send me. And what would God send us to do? So here's the questions just for reflection on your day today. What are the natural gifts that you have? What are your gifts? What are are your passions, your joys, the the things that um, you have experience in that you like? What are those things? And second, who are the people you're with? Who can you share with, talk with, ask questions to, pray with? Who's a trusted partner for you in the journey of discernment? God calls us in in our lives to be, in our calls to be confirmed in community. Who's your community helping you to discern and and confirm? And then finally, what's the opportunity? You know, we need an open door to walk through. If the door keeps closing, maybe that's a sign from God as well. So we want to be open and available to God opening a door, showing the way, and to walk in it. I'll give you one more quote, just one more quote for the day. This one's from, uh, attributed to Albert Einstein. This is what he says. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it is stupid. Okay? I don't know if he said that. It's attributed to him. Um, a fish is not called or gifted to climb a tree. Amen? Thank you, church, for listening. Um <laughs> You know, my prayer for you today is that you would take this topic from the scriptures, lift it up into your lives in this uh, short hour, that you would open your mind and your heart to to let God speak to you. What What are your natural gifts? What are you good at? What do you love? Who's with you? Who can you talk to about it? Who can help you discern? What's the opportunity that's coming? The thing someone's asking you, and you have to decide, is that the right way or not? But don't be a fish trying to climb a tree work within your gifting, work within your area. God blesses you as you do that. So my prayer is that you would open yourself, that you would receive God's presence uh, for the place you are in your life, and that you would know that Christ himself is on this journey with you. It's his hand that leads you. It's his presence that guides you. It's his grace that is enough. May it be so. Amen.